Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Tonight, our Cleveland Cavaliers took on the Washington Wizards for the third time this year. Each of the first two matchups took place at home where the Cavs absolutely shut shit down, winning 140 to 101 in round one and 114 to 90 in round two. Now, in that first matchup, the entire team got in on the action, most notably Jared Allen. If you guys don't remember, he finished with 17 points, 19 boards, and 7 assists. He was a dominant force that we all know him to be, and one who has been snubbed from the All-Star game. Just still bothersome. But in that second matchup, Donovan Mitchell carried, leading the way with a game-high 26 on an effective and efficient 8 of 15 from the floor. And this time around, they went on the road as they played at Capital One Arena. And from the very first offensive possession, I could tell this would be somewhat of an odd game because we saw Jared Allen attempt a triple. Not what I expected, but I loved it. If that shot is open, you got to pull the fucking trigger. That's, to me, to see Jared Allen do that, to see Evan Mobley do that, who we'll talk about here down uh, in just a bit. But to see him do that, it's really the only way that you can really start to build confidence in taking that shot. And for me, if either Evan Mobley or Allen become even an average shooter, maybe even below average shooter from distance, the Cavs could be nearly impossible to stop just because of what they can do, uh, how they can stagger certain minutes, the lineups that they can deploy out there. But again, to see Jared Allen do that from the jump on that first Cavs offensive possession, I just thought to myself, we're, we're going to be in for an odd one. And we kind of were, to be honest. As we all I'm gonna jump right into the comment section here and immediately pull out good friend of the pod, Justin Rowan. Gafford is real solid, just doesn't always have this on a consistent basis. Yeah, uh, man, Gafford really gave Jared Allen fits. He stepped up tonight. I thought Jared was gonna have a bigger game than he did, but Daniel Gafford surprisingly well tonight. But that said, you know, when you're really looking at this from the top down in that first quarter, it was just odd. They they went shot for shot, really. Shot for shot is they, if I'm not mistaken, they ended the first quarter 27 all um, just due to some defensive lapses on the part of Cleveland. Way too many open looks in regards to Washington, especially Kyle Kuzma. That dude is really pissing me off tonight. We'll talk about him more in a little bit. But uh in the second quarter, the Cavs came out swinging. The Wizards matched their shot making as well with some high level shot making of their own. And Kuzma in particular was on a mission and just seemed to be out for blood. And it had not been, and had it not been for some timely shot making from Donovan Mitchell, things might have gotten really ugly. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but uh, Kuzma really came to play tonight. If Donovan had to save the Cavaliers tonight, and a night where not many people had it going outside of himself and Evan Mobley. Um, had Donovan not shown up, this could have gotten really ugly. Uh, Mitchell would end the first half with 19 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Kuzma led the way for Washington in that first half with 18 and two assists. Uh, Cleveland gave him just way too many open looks. He just, after being kind of shut out in the couple past couple of matchups, he just he had it going on tonight. He really did. Uh, just just failed to rotate at times he was left wide open on far too many occasions drilling some open triples but despite that even despite what kuzman was able to do the two teams headed into that halftime tied up at the score 57 all 
And then that third quarter started and both teams traded haymakers. There was Evan Mobley's triple, which was just phenomenal. I'm, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And a dunk off of a Donovan Mitchell lob. Then there were more Kuzma triples and a Daniel Gafford dunk off of a fast break opportunity um, from off of a Darius Garland turnover. Uh, they, they, they were just trading blows, possession for possession. And then Washington started to come alive and really got confident in themselves as they went on a 13 Oh, run taking a 74 to 68 lead midway through the third and had again had it not been for donovan mitchell this was really going to get ugly uh, ugly the Cavs were getting good looks from outside they just couldn't knock them things down it was just frustrating especially from the likes of darius garland who he's getting good looks he just kind of seems out of sorts right now um but if you take away mitchell the team they really shot very very poultry tonight it just it just it just goes to show that sometimes star talent wins out. Doctor Claw seventy seven says Mitchell made some uh, had some wild shots made. Yeah, he really did. He really and truly did. Uh, Spinnery Gaming says Mitchell said in the press conference he didn't even know the trade deadline was tomorrow. <laughs> he is locked in. Yeah, and speaking of the deadline, man, I don't know about you guys, but I am really, really tired of the deadline talk. I'm just, I cannot wait until it passes because you have some fans who are on the fence about it, right? They're like, myself, my opinion is that this team does not necessarily need a trade in ways that they did in previous seasons. And so I am okay if they stay in path. I don't see a real trade out there, something realistic. Uh, with what the Caps have to offer that will actually make the Caps better or a player that they trade for that can actually crack the rotation as is right now because I don't think anybody they could realistically trade for is a lock to be in that rotation with how deep the Caps appear to be. I just don't see it happening. I know the, the hot name that's been floating around there for years now is Dorian Finney-Smith or DFS. Um, and I like what he does, but at the same time, I don't like the salary that he has. And I feel like Dean Wade is basically doing that on a cheaper contract and, and providing high level defense in his own right while shooting the ball pretty damn efficiently himself. And so I just don't see a move out there. Sven also says, I would take Lamar Stevens if the Grizzly cut, Grizzlies cut him. Yeah, I mean, I would too for the vibes, but Lamar's not starting or not not necessarily starting. He's not going to be in the rotation, in my opinion. He, he's not going to bump anybody out. He'd be a depth piece here. It'd be the same thing, essentially, if the Spurs decided that they were going to move on from Jetty Osmond. I would love to have Jetty back, but Jetty ain't cracking the rotation here. And so I just don't see a realistic trade out there that actually moves the needle or is able to un unseat one of the guys that are in the rotation right now because we're already talking about trying to find guys minutes right when you don't have enough minutes for 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 people to feel comfortable with sam merrill getting a a healthy dose of minutes when you're not seeing isaac Okoro get a ton of minutes when dean wade and you know so on and so forth Karis Levert, they're not getting a ton of minutes as like like they were when bg and evan were out and justifiably so and so with that being said, I just don't think they could trade for anybody that would actually move the needle. Jay Dias says, I like Tyus Jones, but not for a first round pick. I'd rather wait and see who's available after buyouts. And I think that's the smart move, right? If the Cavs are really intrigued by anybody right now, if they really, really want to bring in another body to add as a depth piece or a potential rotation member, it's probably best to do it via the buyout market because short of a consolidation trade, 
like if you're moving on from Karis LeVert or somebody like that, or if you if you do intend to move on from Isaac Okora, which they're not and they shouldn't, there's just no real option out there. Um, and so maybe you can opt and elect to go towards the buyout market. But I, even that, that's probably not going to yield anything more than a potential end of bench piece. I mean, you guys tell me, because when I'm looking up and down this rotation, I'm seeing Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That's obviously your starting five. And then you got your bench unit of Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, George Niang, Dean Wade, Sam Merrill. That's the next five guys. And, you know, after that, you start getting into Tristan Thompson, Damian Jones territory, uh, Craig Porter Jr. still lurking around there. Far be it for me to, you know, to know the future or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I just don't believe there's a guy out there that you could get that would actually be a real threat to anybody's minutes there because everybody's just playing their role pretty well. You know, if you want to say, oh, well, maybe maybe they could look at a potential um upgrade for for a guy like george niang maybe because niang is kind of uh kind of getting in a slump himself as we were joking the other day that max Struess kind of passed off that to uh <laughs> to george niang but nah man i just i don't see a potential move out there that really makes the caps better or would really be worth doing so i just feel like they need to stand pat stay put and tom k says Cavs are good couldn't agree more man i i really and truly believe this Cavs team this is probably probably the best rotation that you're going to see this year all this all, all all you really can do in my in my opinion is just get healthy let darius garland and evan Mobley get their full complement of minutes let them get them let them get their feet under them especially darius garland who just is not all the way back yet you can clearly tell the lost weight is still bothersome to him he doesn't have his shot back he doesn't have a rhythm and he's still trying to figure out where he all fits into this new look offense and so people just need to be patient and that to me is honestly what's been pissing me off a lot lately it's just people have no patience people you would think that after going through this rebuild after seeing this team lose so many so many fucking games that people would just learn a little patience because it's been a progressive thing right it hasn't all happened overnight obviously and we know that the donovan mitchell trade um we know the donovan mitchell trade obviously expedited the timeline here in terms of what people expect what the expectation expectation levels are things of that nature but as far as them being immediate like title or bust or player a has to perform right after coming off a broken jaw it's just like what the fuck are we doing here it's just pissing me off because people are ready to boot jb uh, not boot jb be uh boot dj uh, dg for just about any old wing now they the, the new hotness right now is to trade dg for a wing like a, a, a branded ingram or you know somebody who fits beside donovan mitchell a little better and for me it's just like can we at least let this shit play out especially without having a real commitment from donovan just yet like why are we in such a rush to make a big time move when we don't even have the committal from our superstar just be patient let this season play out let the Cavs get some more playoff experience and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And that's just my opinion in regards to it. I know I get it. Darius Garland 
does not look great right now. But Darius Garland also just came back from a broken jaw. Have any of you guys ever broken your jaw? Have you broke any bone in your body before and played uh, and played a team sport? It's just it takes time. It really, really takes time to get back in the groove of things, especially as a point guard, being the floor general and in the way that the Cavs are operating now and trying to find his footing. So I just urge people to be patient. And I know that's not the strongest suit or the virtue for for our fans, but man, that's just the reality. Just just lay off of them. Just just practice some patience. It's going to be okay. This Cavs team, you know, for better or worse, even when when their stars are not on, they have guys who can pick up the slack, right? And tonight, obviously, Donovan Mitchell picked everybody slack up on his way to 40 points. And you don't win the game without him going nuclear out there, especially in that second half. But in my opinion, more often than not, you have multiple guys who can step up. And DG is one of those players. We saw him do it in the series against the Knicks, right? We saw that happen. We saw him elevate his level of play and be like the guy in the Cavs only win, if I'm not mistaken, in that series. He is fully capable. And I can guarantee you these same motherfuckers who are saying, I want to trade him off the team. They're going to be praising him come playoff time because we need him. We need guys who can create shots. It cannot be just Donovan Mitchell. It cannot be just Karis LeVert. We need multiple shot creators as threats as things break down in the playoffs. And you need guys who can put a little bit of scare into the defense. And so just be patient. I know I'm going on a bit of a rant here, a bit of a tirade, but I'm just tired of seeing it. It's just people have to take shots constantly at these players if they're not performing optimally right after they come back from injury. Seriously. Just just give it some time. And even in a down year, DG's from a uh, statistical standpoint is still having a better year than a lot of players do. And so I I just don't get it, man. I'll move on. But it's just, just it's killing. It's killing me because people are just have no patience these days. And you would think that after the rebuild that we endured after the 19, you know, into the 19 win seasons and things of that nature and the and, you know, you we've been here before right we have been here before uh where a guy gets hurt and then they just don't look right right away and then they eventually get back into the groove of things we have seen this before i don't know b skrills says but the people that just trip it on darius garland that's all i really want to know that they don't know about basketball like that i would like to say that but even some people be that i respect even some people that i have conversed with in a positive manner seem to be losing faith in darius garland as well and i'm just like dude like chill out be patient <laughs> just just let the guy get back to his uh to his to his normal all-star level self and i know that people again this is not people's strongest virtue but that's just what it's going to take especially for this team to reach their apex now for the people that believe that it, it can't work like the two small backcourt well the two small guards in the backcourt thing or the two non-shooting migs in the front court the thing that i'll say about that is one we don't have a lot of discernible evidence this season like we don't know what the starting five throughout a large sample size will look like once everybody gets reacclimated right 
We just don't. We don't have a large enough sample size. And for me, it's like what we have found this year due to the added spacing and depth, you can tell that this team now has the ability to stagger the minutes of these guys any way that they see fit. They could not do that last year because they did not have depth. They did not have trustworthy pieces off the bench. They did not have guys who could knock down shots on a consistent basis, especially off the bench. And they certainly didn't have the ability and, and heart and hustle that they do now. They just did not have that. This season, they can roll out any five-man lineup and surround and put a big man out there around four shooters. They can do that. Whether that's Evan Mobley surrounded by four shooters or Jared Allen surrounded by four shooters. And conversely, for the backcourt, if you want to stagger the minutes of Darius Garland and uh, Donovan Mitchell, you can now do that too. You can have stretches where Donovan Mitchell runs the show, catches a breather, and DG comes in and does the same thing. And then you can have both of them on the floor at the same time to start the games and then to close them. And to me, I feel like that is where we are ultimately headed here. I know a lot of people will disagree with that. A lot of people believe that Darius Garland should not be in that closing lineup. A lot of people believe that players like Isaac Okoro should because of the defensive versatility that he offers and the burgeoning three-point shot. And I get that. I respect that. But for me, it's just you got to be patient. Give the man some runway he's earned it he really has and i know it's a what have you done for me lately type of league but at the end of the day star talent usually wins out svenrik gaming says man cares tonight only played 12 minutes as a six man is rough yeah i think jb especially in a game like this where not a lot of players have it going on right then cares for what it's worth he was just two of seven from the field tonight and i you can't always read into like the field goal attempts but for what it's worth i think jb is still experimenting and trying to see like what rotations work best who who plays best with, with which players things like that and so i think that especially for the people out there that are chirping about like merrill minutes and getting dean wade more run and getting isaac okoro more run Karis LeVert is going to be one of the guys who kind of suffers here, right? There, There is going to be an inevitable shift in minutes in certain games where certain guys play this many minutes one game, then their minutes might be curtailed due to performance uh, in the next. And that's not a bad thing. It just means that this is a deep rotation. It is a deep roster. Players have stepped up in a major way. And Sam Merrill is one of those guys. Um, phenomenal what, what you've seen from him over the stretch of basketball that wasn't like the perfect night <laughs> for him uh, you know just 14 minutes on the night one of four from the field but the one thing that we can say about Sam is that he's constantly on the move guys like poetry in motion seriously whether it's coming off of screens uh, staggering uh, there's just so many things dribble handoffs things of that nature there are so many things that he adds to this offense without even touching the basketball because he generates so much gravity he has defenses legitimately terrified uh you know that he will make that triple and so now they are going over screens they are following him they're sending out their best perimeter defender to make sure that he is not terrorizing them off that bench in regards to players like um dean wade providing maybe not necessarily lock down defense every single game but playing a very tough role and picking up tough defensive assignments even off that cavaliers bench and so 
that is earning him minutes in addition to the shot making from him he was just two of six from the field including and that is all threes right all triples from him and then isaac okoro right providing all defensive caliber defense out there and to me that is the player that probably is stealing the most minutes right now from Karis LeVert in these matchups where you might need a little bit of defense because guys, the opposition might be hot, right? Like Kyle Kuzma and, uh, you know, players of that out. You need Okora out there. And so the one guy that you can steal minutes from is likely to be Karis LeVert. And so I've been very, very proud of what Isaac Okora has been able to bring to the table because a lot of people just have given up on him as well as far as development is concerned when the dude is young right and development it uh, development is is not a linear thing it's a little different for everybody and what the Cavs are asking him to do i just feel like he's in a good spot right now and for people who watch the box score they may not believe that he has improved all that much if at all but those of us who are actually watching this team on a night-to-night -night basis know that is not the case he has been phenomenal. He has been phenomenal. I don't know. I'm seeing some uh, some turmoil in the comments, and I'm not sure if it's related to me, so I'm just going to read here. Uh, it might seem wild, but Don could become the Cavs' best player ever if he continues to play like this and win a ring and resize. I got to stop you right there, Sven. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Um, yes, he is carrying this team um like we haven't seen in a long time but there was a player that i know you know that we all know that did this for years and years and years and with worse talent around him and his name is lebron james there will never be there is nothing i don't honestly i don't think there's anything that donovan mitchell could do short of winning like 10 5 to 10 titles in cleveland to unseat lebron as the best player to ever wear a cavalier uniform <laughs> he just he would have to go above and beyond and for a very long period of time to do that he brought a championship to cleveland never been done before never thought i would see it in my lifetime certainly and yeah i i'm sorry I'm, i don't mean to pick on you man i i, I appreciate your uh your your insight and your, your opinion as always but i gotta i gotta disagree with you right there he he probably will never be able to do anything to unseat lebron as the greatest cavalier ever and we're talking about a guy who is uh arguably the best player of all time if not you know one a one b to michael jordan's one a depending upon how you look at things <laughs> so yeah there, there's a reason why lebron is in that goat conversation and a lot of it has to do with what he did in cleveland right because to me it's not the titles in miami it's not the title in la it's the title in cleveland that means more to his career than anything and more to us than anything right people who who consider him the goat i do i consider i consider him to be the goat i consider him to be a a superior to michael jordan you can battle me on that all you want but i'm probably not gonna budge but the fact that he brought a championship to cleveland to me no i just can't see it <laughs> um jack telepack says i think we need to also appreciate that we finally have a solid roster yes we do i love it this is the most comfortable i felt in years about a roster from front to back 
Yes, man. I mean, there's a reason why certain players who are deserving of minutes just can't get them because this team is just too fucking deep, right? And so that's why I brought up maybe a consolidation trade earlier, which that's not going to happen. I think the Cavs will stay in pat, but it just speaks to the level of confidence that um, that I have in this team and that JB has in this team and that I know you all have in this team. And so, yeah, that is that's where i'm at with the rotation i know we kind of spiraled out of control it's supposed to really be a post-game pod but uh i i I love interaction with you all (laughs) that one that one just sent me on a tirade i just uh i had to respond to that one but purely in regards to tonight i just saw opinions flying left and right whether it be about darius garland or karis levert some people were thinking that karis levert got traded mid-game uh, you know, at, starting in that second half because they didn't see him too much because he only played 12 minutes. But I'm just like, did you guys not see the box score or the play-by-play? Because he clearly was out there in that second half. He did not get traded in uh, during the game. And he would took a post-game picture, you know, that the Caps always do after these wins. And so, yeah, just so much bullshit flying around. And it, sometimes it's hilarious. Sometimes it just pisses me off, especially the Darius Garland stuff. But... One of the other more phenomenal things that occurred tonight was obviously the play of Evan Mobley, who was right up there in securing this win in with Donovan Mitchell because he was able to drop 22 points in 25 minutes. He was a very efficient 9 of 10 from the field. And the one thing, obviously, that sticks out is that he was 2 of 2 from three-point distance, which now gives him a overall three-point percentage on the season of 41%. You can brag to your friends about that. Evan Mobley is a four-spacer now. <laughs> He's 7 of 17 from three-point distance this year. And so I want to see him continue to do that much the way I started off the episode and saying that Jared Allen, like seeing him on the very first fucking possession, pull up. No, he didn't pull up. He was sitting in the corner. What am I talking about? To see him take that shot though, on the first possession of the game. um, I want both of these guys to do it. If the defense is giving it to you, take the fucking shot. And he did that. uh, Not, not last game, but I believe the game before this last one. And he, he, uh, he was three or three, if I'm not mistaken. And so, when he does not hesitate to take those shots, it's good. Then it can open up the floor and it can only benefit the Cavs. And it's something that I think we have all been screaming about. Like, take the damn shot. Take them when you have them. Both of the bigs. And this is the potential that we see, right? The potential that we have always seen in Evan Mobley when he is not afraid and he is aggressive. It's lovely. Tom K says Mobley just has to take and make open threes. That's all we're asking. That's not too much. That's all we want. Not too much to ask, right? And I know, I, I say that, but as an NBA player, which I am not, um, I'm sure it's easier said than done, especially for a big man who there's there's a high level of expectation on you. But we know that you can do it, Evan. You just got to pull the trigger. And I feel honestly like Jared Allen is perfectly capable as well. It's just not something that you see him do. <laughs> Uh, Jack Telepack says everyone wants to trade him and said bullshit like he's not going to be as good as we thought. I don't know. Respectfully, I don't know what the fuck those people were talking about. And I, I will call them out on it all the live long day. If if uh, Evan Mobley becomes a respectable three-point shooter, like I was saying earlier, um, he has lived up to the hype, right? I feel like he's already kind of lived up to the expectation. He, he is 
uh, you know, a, a he's probably going to be a perennial defensive player of the year kind of guy. He is eventually going to make an all-star game. Uh, he'll he'll continue to garner praise in that regard. He's already lived up to it, in my opinion, in regards to that draft class. And so I love it, man. I really do. People were absolutely dragging him, despite him being one of only, I think, eight or nine players, eight or nine bigs to be putting up 15, 10, and one block per game while also having three assists. And so from a statistical standpoint, Mobley is doing a lot of shit out there. But the thing that obviously holds him back is the consistent three-point shot. And so... As he continues to develop that, as he continues to add more volume to it, people will respect him more and more if they're not already, because we know how phenomenal he can be from a defensive standpoint. But offensively, there's just so much room for growth, right? Like the progression that we've kind of seen over the years with Jared Allen in that mid-range game and him leaning on that a little bit more. uh, Evan Mobley is perfectly capable of that, and he's also a better shooter. He has more touch. And so I feel like the sky is the limit for this young man. And as long as he can continue to play aggressively, he can do it. Right. And I'm, I'm just glad that he is not also struggling the way that Darius has to, you know, reacclimate himself, but I get, it's a different type of injury. Right. And I'm trying to remain patient. I'm trying to be as patient as I can. And so how can I complain too much when the team is winning (laughs) for real? Um, Nate says, thing is they run five shooters and Okoro probably too small to guard him in the paint that is in reference to a question that was asked uh let's see here who would guard tatum against the celtics Okoro, mobley dean and i'm not gonna be dean because dean's not gonna start right uh maybe in the minutes that mobley's not out there right but i would have to assume that it would probably be a coro a coro's not six three by the way a coro's closer to six five six six and so he's he's done it before we've seen him do it before he's perfectly capable but tatum he's he's a star he's a star for a reason he's going to get his it's the same thing as players like um uh kyrie irving or you know not as not that they're the same archetype or anything like that but there are just certain players out there that you know are just going to get theirs we've already seen that couple times this year but what we know is that Isaac Okoro is up to the challenge he doesn't care that a guy might be regarded as one of the premier offensive talents in the league he will still go out there and play his his game and play at a high level and especially on the defensive end uh b skrill says i would love to see a cavaliers clippers nba finals one day or cavaliers versus nuggets nba finals um yeah and while i believe that this team is a title contender i know that's not going to be proven true until one way or another until this postseason starts and you know beyond but for me i think the matchup that i would like to see the most would probably still be cleveland versus la and that no when i say la i obviously mean the lakers but that obviously means that uh one the lakers would have to turn their shit on uh and and really start revving up the engines and climbing the standings because if not they could find themselves on the on the outside looking in of the playoffs um and then cleveland they have to get the job done in the postseason because at this point just like a lot of people believe that this team there's nothing else that they could do in the regular season they have to do it in the postseason i'm i am of the mindset that they they also have to prove that they can uh 
you know, get past a couple of decent opponents in the playoffs in order to get to where they want to get to, which is title contention, right? Do they have the ability to do it? Hell yeah, I feel like they can. I feel like we are seeing this team put things together. Um, but whether they can has yet to be determined. And so I, you, I, as well as you guys, have to be patient in that regard, right? And while I keep saying that I believe they're a title contender, um, that will not ultimately be proven true or false until the playoffs begin. Um, with that being said, I just... I hope that this team can keep on rolling. I hope the trade deadline passes quietly and that there's no big time moves that blindside me because I'm just not ready for change right now. I love what I'm seeing. I don't want things to change because this team has just been awesome to watch this year, win or lose. Um, There are frustrating times, right? There are things that frustrate me throughout the games. I know people think I'm always positive. I'm not. Um, I I do look at certain things here that kind of piss me off or that frustrate me. But overall, this has been a fun-ass season, despite the adversity that the Cavs have faced, right? You really, really have... um, you really, really have to be impressed with it, what they have been able to do in climbing up the standings despite facing a ton of injuries this season. Like, literally, they are now 33-16 and 16 and firmly entrenched to stay in that second seed, in my opinion, and have won seven straight, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the top mark in the league right now. And I had it saved here somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find it. But some of the things that were... Um, that were put out there after the win is that uh, this is via Cavs notes. The Cavs recorded, obviously we know what they, we know how they won. They are seven straight. They've won seven straight. They're 15 and eight on the road this season, which happens to be the best in the NBA. They are 15 and one in the last 16 games. And they are 20 and four since December 16th, which is also the best in the NBA. And so, how can you not be impressed with what this team has been able to do with all the adversity that, that they have faced and with all the injuries that have mounted up over the course of the season? Phenomenal basketball has been played. Phenomenal coaching has occurred. And I believe that we still have not seen this team at its apex yet. And we probably won't until we get Darius Garland rolling. And I think that's going to happen, but we just got to be patient. And I feel like... Um, I feel like that's going to happen, right? And so with that being said, I feel like that's a good way to end it. I appreciate you guys all for joining in and conversing with me. As always, like I uh, tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you know how you can. It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you would like to be added to the It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot, a set review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com. Um, if you are watching the It's Cavalier podcast, for the first time on YouTube, please consider liking and hitting that subscribe button because you just never know what I might post. It might appeal to you. You might like it. Uh, spread the word, right? And so I really do, really and truly do love conversing with y'all. And you guys kind of make my night sometimes, even when I'm having a bad one. <laughs> so thanks again. Uh, have a good night.